Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rat Sound Review. This is album versus album. Hello. 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 <laughs> Can't believe you guys got on board with that. You like a lot of cheesy stuff. I, I can't even say that because I like some cheesy stuff too. Okay, what? That's one of the best songs on this record. I was forced to listen to the debut for this album, and I was impressed. I feel like the title track is a little weak, honestly. Am I going to get crucified for saying this? Nope. Please get me off this fucking program. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? Yeah. Oh, let me have another shot. I'm not fucking ready. Neither one of these two are ready. But are you ready? Are you ready? For this show. Well, for the, for the few in attendance, and for nobody sitting at home watching this show, welcome I am here, joined by my co-hosts, the idiot, Uncle Saxon, and the hoople, Red Norville, and I am the star man, 
Stardust. Whatever the fuck his name was. David well, Star, star Man. But there was a lady Stardust. That, that, that does. You are the light man. Destroyer of the dark man. Oh, man. Whew. If anybody's into it, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Always, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles, ah. this may be the gayest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I was I was getting confused with the Star Man from uh, Kiss. Thanks, really. Yeah, that's why I was getting a little confused. Anyway, today's albums: David Bowie, uh, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust, and, and the, the Spiders, spiders from Mars, <laughs> from Mars, and uh, Mata Hoople. All the young dudes. Ooh. Mata Hoople. All these, these guys. Did you ever hear of them before? Um, I went and saw them with Nago a couple months back, and they were fantastic. But uh, before that, I was in the ignorant uh, train, yeah. Yeah. I was too, because I didn't know Mata Hoople did All the Young Dudes. I thought that was somebody else. Oh, come on. I yeah, I'm I'm surprised you didn't know that. I mean, they're famous for it. There's there's been other covers, but they're all pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah. Bowie's version yeah. of it themselves isn't really. I don't like. Oh, it at all. Yeah, I talked to you the other day about that. It was on the radio. I'm like, why is this on the radio? It's so bad. Yeah. A lot. Bowie made that song his own. He fucking told Ian to go blow him and took his song and ran with it. Yeah, eh, okay, I didn't like it. No, That's either the, here or there. The Bruce Dickinson one is very good. Fuck me. Did on, uh, yeah, know. that was interesting. Yeah. You heard it? I did yeah. listen to that. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was good. All right, well, Greg, you are the uh, the uh, all-knowing of all Mata Hoople. So yeah. I'll let you go. So uh, Bowie, at this point, still hadn't really broken it big. As a matter of fact, when he hooked up with Mott, to give to write the song for them, um, Ziggy Stardust hadn't even come out yet. I think the Starman single might have been released, and that was it. Huh. Uh, but before that, you know, he was kind of a performance artist that turned into a singer, top 40 crap. He only really established the Spiders from Mars band with uh, Mick Ronson, who basically became the Keith Richards to his Jagger, but uh, okay unfortunately was screwed out of his writing credits by the management, but uh, he pretty much arranged and wrote the majority of the music to this in partnership with uh, David. And uh, David was actually pretty cool about it. Mick died from liver cancer in 93, but uh, around the time Bowie died, he was working on a documentary uh, that has been finished and came out since, but he never finished it, but it's called Beside Bowie. And it, pays tribute to Mick Ronson because he always felt he got a raw deal and I thought that was pretty cool because that's one thing about like Mick Ronson and just Mata Hoople and how they uh, intersect with David Bowie. There's a lot of different versions of the stories you hear over time. Mm. All right, right, yeah. (laughs) But um, anyway, so Mata Hoople at that point had been touring and recording and building the following for about four years and had released four albums on Island Records um, over and Pete Watts, the bass player, was aware of uh, Bowie and was a fan of what he was doing. And he had actually sent them a uh, 
demo tape of Suffragette City that he offered to them mm-hmm. because he uh, they were his main inspiration in writing that song. Really? He w- yeah, he was a fan of them, and uh, he really liked particularly the Brain Capers album, which was the one before all the young dudes. But uh, anyway, their management, their producer, Guy Stevens, completely insane. And the label really screwed them. But another problem they had, which if you ever listen to their earlier albums, especially the first three, Mm. you'll notice once you get to dudes, it's much more focused and balanced. They kind of operated as a five-man democracy, and they almost never agreed on anything. So a lot of the album track list would come out of compromises. So there's some weird jumps in it. Most of it's good. It's just odd how it's packaged together sometimes. Nah. Brain Capers is a classic. But um, so where was it? Oh, anyway, <laughs> they they never really managed to get a huge hit or anything. I think their biggest single before Dudes was a cover of the Kinks. You really got me, and. <laughs> They made a lot of money touring, but they couldn't sell records, so they were getting booked on these shitty tours, and they ended up playing in a, um, D, uh, I want to say D, no, I want to say detoxify, but I don't know what you call it when you convert a giant gas tank that used to hold, uh, like some, I don't know if it was natural gas, whatever the hell it was, but... Uh calling this club out of this old gas tank and it was a really shitty gig and they just hated it and they decided they were going to break up after that so pete called bowie to see if he could play bass for the spiders from mars because he knew we needed one at that time and bowie was like oh no you guys can't break up i'll come down and write a song for you Hmm. so he invited them up to his place and he basically just demoed his idea for all the young dudes for them which was just him playing an acoustic guitar and singing the lyrics and then mott wrote the rest of the song from there wow i mean bowie in produced it so you know he was real into the recording of it and he definitely had a vision for them but it was very much about mott yeah that's what's funny about that song. You can definitely hear a Bowie influence on it. What is he showing us? I don't know what he's showing us there. I can't Wikipedia read it. says that all the young dudes were written for them by David Bowie. That's what you just said. That's what I said. Oh, is it? He, yeah. <laughs> Thanks he for listening. Got, he got the writing credit, but really, originally, all he wrote of it was just the lyrics, and he played him his idea on his acoustic guitar, and they kind of took it from there. Okay, well, I thought I had it all fucking down on that song, but yeah, it's the opposite. Like it. yeah. I, I swear to God, I thought that that was a Mott the Hoople song. No, I mean, it's you can tell he wrote it based on his influences of, of them, because it is in a lot of ways, very much a Mott the Hoople song, but in a lot of ways... I feel like it fits isn't. better on, on the Mott album than it does on the on the Ziggy album. To me. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Ziggy album is, is all spacey and, you know, fucking... The Ziggy it's got, album... It's got a vibe, and then all the young dudes comes on. It's like, what the fuck is this? The Ziggy <laughs> album is very uh, theatrical. It's more of a... Uh, Opera, rock opera type album mm, where right. dudes is very much more in your face. Yeah. I don't know. I feel they're very even with each other. 
because they both kind of start out slow. Like the first two songs, well, the second song on the Hoople album is a little bit faster, but they both start out very slow, kind of. You know? Yeah, I, I really don't care too much for the first two songs that start off Ziggy Stardust. I, I like Five Years, but it's not one of my favorite songs by him, and Soul Man just isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Soul Love. Just Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so my, uh... he, he wrote them the song, got them out of their recording contract with Island, and brought them over to CBS in America to record the album, and he helped them produce it, but also Mick Ronson helped them arrange a lot of it. And um, it's, de- it's still Mott, but it's definitely glam-influenced, and uh, it actually divided a lot of their original fan base. They were... Mm. A lot of them were pretty pissed off about the gay lyrics and all the young dudes, <laughs> which um, whenever Ian does it live, he always replaces he with she. But uh, the, not all of the band members cared, but some of them did. Mick Rouse, Burton Allen, they weren't too thrilled about. Well, Mick's whole thing was he didn't like how it was turning into an image. He thought it was bullshit and he wanted it to be about the music. <laughs> huh. And he wasn't into the whole dressing up thing. But anyway, that was later on. So it sounds uh, like it would be Oodle uh, making London Leather Boys into London Leather Girls. Essentially, yeah. Essentially. Yeah. But so they re- they recorded the album after Bowie had recorded Ziggy and Ziggy was coming out. So they both came out around the same time. Mm. And it's pretty... Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's well, like... We just um, both albums at the same time tonight and just uh, final responses at the end? Yeah, we could work it like that. That's fine. What the fuck, right? Sure. Yeah. That's fine. But uh, when it was my turn this week to pick the albums, and uh, yeah, we had a little... Uh, me and Greg had a little discussion on what to do because I had some other ideas. And... Uh, <laughs> I wasn't too sure what was uh, gonna go fit better with what, so we ended up coming up with this, uh, these two albums, and uh, I don't know. It's different. It's gonna. It's a different show, you know. It's not metal. It's hard rock. Uh, so it's, you know, it's cool. Cool to change things up once in a while. The nice thing yeah. about metal though is we're open minded, man. That's we're that's it. We're not against about any other. Right. Well, well it, music, and man. you know, really, I mean, uh, not the Hubble really influenced a lot of glam metal and hair metal right yeah i mean nigel benjamin their last singer sang in london and uh a lot of the covers nikki six would play even with early motley crew would be uh i think they used to do all the young dudes it might have been rock and roll queen i can't remember now Hmm. rip lizzie gray by the way rip yeah Rest in peace, Lizzie Gray. See, actually, Nigel died the day before him. That would affect you more than it would affect. <laughs> but yeah, well, well, it's I, an I, odd I, coincidence, but right. Right. When I listened to this uh, Mata Hoople album, this is the first time I've heard this one, and uh, or any Mata Hoople album for that matter. Uh, I can definitely hear a lot of uh, you know glam. We're, like this is like the beginnings of glam. You know, I can yes. hear a lot of that stuff. So that, that was kind of cool to hear. And I really like the album. I, I really have to go check out the rest of the Hoople stuff. Because I'm, really, I'm a fool for not doing that sooner, you know? It's, it's the uh, originations of the 
uh, British version of glam. Yeah. Yeah. The like dolls were our version of yeah. glam. But I like the album a lot. There's only two songs I don't like. Soft Ground and Sucker. Hmm. I, I don't like that part in Sucker where he's like, um, oh crap, I can't remember off the top of my head. Something like my, my, my girl called me something. I can't think of what the hell he's saying. I can't even understand what he's saying in that part. Oh, my baby calls me when she want to say yo. Yeah, oh, is that what she says? Yeah. That's what it sounds like, but I'm just like, what? <laughs> and it's, he like says it over and over again. I just didn't get it. <laughs> so it was driving me nuts. I had enough of that That's song. That's a great song. It's cool. I do like it. I like the music for it. It's just the, the, the lyrics were just killing me. And then and then there was another song that I, I swear he was talking about ice cream cone. Was, that, was he talking about yeah. ice cream? They were yeah. Singing. Mm-hmm. But I like that song. But um, yeah, there's only two songs I don't really care for. Even they're not even bad songs. Just uh, I prefer the other ones. Even the slow songs. I even like that last song that's on the album. Uh, sea Diver. Yeah. yeah. Yep, that's a cool. Um, so it got some nice melodies in the uh, chorus and stuff. Ian, Ian Hunter actually wrote that with Mick Ronson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he he arranged all the strings and the different instruments and the structure of the song with Ian. And uh, then after they both left Matahoople and, well, Mick had left the Spiders years before, but his mm. uh, solo career didn't go well, you know, they hooked up and made a band when uh, Hunter went solo. Mm, nice. But yeah, this is a good album. Um, of course, I love all the young dudes. And um, what's that other song? Uh, Are You Ready for Love? I didn't know this was, they did the original version. Oh yeah, man! It's I I love the uh, the dual vocals on it with Mick and Ian. It makes it real dynamic. It's uh, so much more rocking than the Bad Company version is. Plus, you that get the full sad. extended instrumental from Mick at the end. You know that's really cool. They jam there. What are you shaking your head for? Because Paul Rogers owns that song, man. Oh, Paul Rogers owns that fucking song. That is so much better than the Mott version. I'm sorry. Uh, well, They're very similar. This isn't about Bad Company. I don't dislike the Bad Company version, but I definitely like the mob version better. The other one's a little heavier. I, I I will say that, but they're both good. I, I like, you know, they're not my favorite songs. I wouldn't really give two shits about this song, but I, I like this song. It's cool. Well, anybody that's listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth, yeah. Um, I'm not ripping on Mott. It sounds like I haven't had anything nice to say about him. I'm not. <laughs> I went and saw him with Noggle back in April, right? And yep. uh, I was absolutely blown away. Blown the fuck away. Mm-hmm. And uh, it made me want to look more into it. And after that, you know, me and Noggle have been talking Mott for the whole summer. And I'm learning more about him. And uh, it just happens that um, everything you guys bring up, I have a different opinion on. Like what? Everything you've already said. <laughs> Elaborate. Well, we'll up, though. I, um, I've heard 19 different versions of Sweet Jane, and I think this really? is the best version of Sweet Jane. Well, who else did it? Who else did it? That's a, under, a Velvet Underground song, right? Yeah. Oh, really? Um, I have no idea. I, don't, I couldn't tell you who else has covered it over the years, but a lot of people have. But this is... Hunt. The Hunts only version of it I've ever heard I really like. And, uh, well, I do like the live version on Lou Reed's Rock and Roll Animal. But, on you know, on that record, his backup band 
was what would become Alice Cooper's backing band on Welcome to My Nightmare. So it was a good band he had backing him up. They won a bunch of hippies on fucking LSD hanging out with Andy Warhol. I mean... <laughs> right. Yeah. Bond uh, covered it in, in the early 90s, I believe, and they, they did it justice. But, yeah. yeah, this sounds like it should have been recorded in the 70s. And uh, that's, what, yeah. that's what it is. And, um, you know, Ian Hunter, in many ways, has kind of a peculiar voice. It's very out front and, and powerful, but it's definitely can only be Ian Hunter. There's no way you can mistake him for anybody else. But right. he sa- he sounds like that song was written for him. It, uh, I really like it. Hmm. I didn't know it was a cover. That's interesting. Is Ian Hunter a jerk in real life? or? Mm, that, well... I mean, he was in the past. He's made good with people over the years, which led to the Mott reunion in 2009 and 13 and all that. But, um, you know, looking up interviews with him, the story will change here and there over the years. Like, before Bowie died, he was pretty anti-Bowie for a while and pissed off at him and stuff. But, you know, now he's got all the good shit to say about him, so... Well, he's a very uh, particular yeah. artist. I, I know that much. Yeah, he's, uh, uh, he's a he's he's got a his good own guy, I would say, but he's definitely his own person and does what he wants. <laughs> now, I, when we were talking about doing these uh, two albums, you were saying that Bowie kind of gave up Mata Hoople. What happened with that? Oh, John left. Well, um, where did he go? I don't know. That's weird. I think he hid something. I'll try calling him back. Now I'm gonna have to edit this. Son of a bitch. Hey, did you uh, listen to any of the bonus tracks on this? I did not download the bonus track one. I thought I sent it to you. Well, you sent it to me, but I didn't put it on my phone. I just downloaded it to my computer. Oh, okay. No, because one of the boys. Right on the Sun, one of the boys, UK single, all the young dudes with uh, David Boy and Ian as vocals. Sucker and Sweet Jane live in 73 at the Hammersmith. Why? What's with the bonus tracks? Well, Black Scorpio is actually the original version of Mama's Little Jewel. Oh, okay. Uh, It's kind of interesting to hear how it evolved and took shape, but uh, that was one of the songs cut from their previous album, Brain Capers. Which, also interestingly enough, was almost called Sticky Fingers. However, they thought it was a stupid title and gave it up, and then the Stones took it. And oh. came up with one of the best album covers of all time. Yes. Yes. I guess if so. Uh, uh, Nooner, uh, the Stone Sticky uh, Fingers, yeah. had an actual working zipper that yeah. went up and down. Oh, oh, yes, okay, I remember that, yes, yeah, okay. all right. Interesting. All right, before we got cut off there, I asked you about the uh, bad blood between Bowie and uh, Mata Hoople. Well, <clears throat> it was actually started by his manager at the time, who Bowie had a rather acrimonious split with about four years after all this. Uh, guy's name was Tony Defries, but uh, he took on Mata Hoople as a favor to David and really didn't want to deal with them anymore after the album because even though All the Young Dudes was a hit and their biggest hit, 
Bowie just took off with Ziggy Stardust, and mm-hmm. he just wanted to deal strictly with Bowie and go with that. So um, the interesting part of this is even though the band, it's rumored they recorded a demo of it, I've never heard it, but um, he he was going to give them another song, which he ended up doing himself on his Aladdin Sane album called Drive-In Saturday, mm-hmm. and reportedly Mott had recorded a version of it, and... Uh, Jeffries did give it to Bowie, but he never told him what Bowie really said and started the rift between the two of them. Uh, because basically he told Bowie that they didn't like the song and he told them Bowie didn't like their arrangement. <laughs> wow. Which uh, wasn't true. Yeah. But um, the, the only... Mem- this was the last album with the original lineup of Mata Hoople, the organ player... Uh, yeah, organ player Verdon Allen left after this. So uh, he's not on the uh, the next one, the self-titled Mop. Right. Do you ever listen to that yet, Wayne? Or just nope, this record? not yet. Just this one. Okay. Yeah, so after this, Ian kind of took over the band and became the lead songwriter. But in a way, it was good because it gave him direction where they didn't have it uh, before. But anyway... The rest of the band kind of didn't want to do the song anyway because they were starting to become known as Bowie's protégés and Mick Rouse was like, fuck that, we've got to write our own single. Which, I love what they did after that all the way from Memphis. That's an awesome song, too. But that's what started the bad blood between them. Fucking managers. But after Ian Hunter left Mott you know, stuck, uh, which at the time just came down to the bass player, Pete Watts, and the drummer, Dale Griffin, uh, with the record contract from CBS. He used to call up Watts while they were recording it and taunt him. <laughs> so he could be just as much of a dick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh well. Uh, he's musicians, man. God. It's always drama. Yeah. But... He's not like that anymore. He's a real cool dude. Oh, that's good. (laughs) So, we have the David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust. Rise and Fall of the Ziggy Stardust. I don't know why I keep forgetting the name of this damn album. It's too long. Most people shorten it to Ziggy Stardust anyway. And this is really when uh, his star started to take shape because, Mm -hmm. you know, he had a serious backing band behind him for a while that had written together. They did Man Who Sold the World, and then Hunky Dory ended this one. Yeah. It was a good album, too. But this one's good. It's the first time I listened to this one all the way through in, in a long time. I listened to it back when I first bought it, and I kind of just put it to the side. Didn't really pay too much attention to it. But knowing that we were doing this show, I had to, you know, actually pay attention. And uh, I, I like it a lot. I like it a lot more than I thought I did. After, like, the third listen, I started to really like more, more and more songs. And uh, there's only two songs I don't like. I pretty much like the whole album, except for Hang On To Yourself and the last song, Rock and Roll Suicide. Those songs just don't really go anywhere, do nothing for me. Actually, that, la- that, lo- la- that last song, I just it feels like it's uh, just like ends abruptly. I don't know, it's just a weird ending to the album. It doesn't really fit. But I like every other song on here. I mean, the first two songs, like the, we said before, they start off kind of slow. A little too slow for, you know, to start up an album, but... I don't think they work. They have some cool melodies and the vocals and the music and stuff. I like it. 
And then you got the Suffragette City. I mean, that's a big song. A lot of big songs on his album. You know? Yeah. What else is on this one? Uh, God damn, I wish I had the damn CD in front of me. Well, uh, the title track, um, right. Lady Stardust, Lady Stardust Moonage, yeah. Moonage Daydream, which is one of my favorite songs from him. Uh, Starman's on this. Yeah. Yeah, this is, a lot of his hits are on his album. So... This is uh, one of my favorite ones. He had fucking hits for 30 years. And there's like two of them on this album. What's that? So not a lot Not a lot of his hits were on this album. Not, maybe, maybe not for you. You idiot. <laughs> Leave comments below. <laughs> All you David Bowie fans, leave comments below. Please do. Yeah, well, your... um... What's my opinion on it? Yeah, what's your opinion? It's okay. It's not my favorite one from them. Um, I think the next one, Aladdin Sane, which is kind of an evo well, not kind of, it is an evolution of this band and the Ziggy idea. Yeah, you know, it, was he- it was heavier, but I think overall it had a clearer idea and it was more dynamic. This one kind of meanders a little bit. There's a few songs I really don't like. Some of it's almost just kind of lays in the background. I mean, it's a really good record if you listen to it all the way through, but individual songs, I'm not nuts about. Uh, I don't like It Ain't Easy, Soul Love, or uh, Hang On to Yourself. It's a, it, the album doesn't yeah. really flow very well. Uh, that, that no, album, it doesn't. It has and a very weird uh, set list. But it a does track, have track some list. of, like I said, a couple of my favorite songs by Moonage Daydream is one of them. Uh, I love the title track, Ziggy Stardust. Suffragette City is a good one, too. Um, I like the alternate version of Rock and Roll Suicide better than the album version. I used to have a single version of it. and uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a re-recording. But yeah. I don't really, the, the album version is kind of awkward. It is. Very awkward. Especially to end the album. What about you, idiot? Well. <laughs> and if anybody's listening to this as a podcast, I'm only calling him an idiot because the shirt that he's wearing says idiot on it. He's not really an idiot. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm wearing my fucking Led Zeppelin t-shirt right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. My opinion, is, uh, my opinion is that um, Mott the Hoople is an earmark where David Bowie is a fucking absolute all-time legend. Right. Uh-huh. And <laughs> hey, these two albums kind of, you know, was the start of that. Yeah. This was Mott's best album. And... Um, Oh, to, 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 to the uneducated, sure. Why wouldn't it be? Or best-selling. But, uh, that's a great long, record. Long story short, fucking the Ziggy Stardust album will be put into... If, if the fucking aliens, the visitors come down and take us over, there will be a time capsule with Ziggy Stardust as part of it. I don't see about the Hoople being fucking part of any time capsule anytime soon when the visitors. I highly disagree because ever since the 70s, all the young dudes has always represented the glam movement.
one. So even if it was just that single, it would have to be included. Not that I'm saying Bowie's legacy isn't bigger. I love Bowie, and I do like this record. I rate them very close, but he got better than this. This is just the start of it, and I don't think it's as strong of an album. But that's just on an album-to-album basis. I'm not trying to compare the whole legacy overall. If the aliens did come down, they probably would be playing the David Bowie uh, Ziggy Stardust album on the way down here. Be in their CD player. <laughs> CD player. All this high tech stuff, and yet they still have a CD player. Could have an eight track player for all I know. You didn't know you had three profits on the Rat Salary Review, did you, people? No, you didn't. <laughs> so, um, they are coming. As far as the album versus album aspect goes, I, I still think Bowie blows Mott out of the fucking water. Mm-hmm. I absolutely, like I was, I was telling uh, Dragon the other night, um, I've never heard an album or an artist that can mix the electric and the acoustic as well as they did on that album. Hmm. or you know any, during any time of boys career really but I just I get such a fucking rush off of the, the seamless beautiful blend of the acoustic and the electric yeah. nobody's ever done it better and that by itself uh, will, will push me to a nine wow nine and I could listen to that I could listen to every song on that album never get bored can't say the same thing about uh, all the young dudes. Uh, what else? Uh, what else can I fucking rip on Mott the Hooper about here? Um, <laughs> I, I I I really like the Mott the Hooper album. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. But yeah. uh, I just can't. I can't. I have to contend that Ziggy Stardust is a staple of Americana. And maybe that, well, it's not Americana, but it's a staple yeah, of that time here. period. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It just, uh, it was the right album at the right time. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, and I, I would give the uh, Stardust a eight. I'd actually give them both eights. Because I, I like all the songs except for two on both albums, so that just takes two points away from being tens. And uh, it's my first Hoople album. I like it. I enjoy it. I will be checking out more of them. But I just, I, I, li- I like the David Bowie a little bit more. But seeing that, you know, I do have to take two songs that I don't like off of them, both of them. Both eights. Okay. Can I ask the historian a question here? Ask sure. Him, ask away. Um, I seem to remember Bowie making a misstep. Maybe uh, maybe it was after he got out of the whole Ziggy persona, but uh, yeah, it's a nineteen, it's the nineties. What? It was the nineties. He made a huge misstep in the nineties. Oh, the, the the Tin Machine is that what you're talking about? No. Oh, okay, it, so he made two missteps in his career. All right, <laughs> he, he he stumbled and tripped a few times. Right, right. Um, I seem to remember him being uh, into Nazism and like throwing up the salute and shit. Really? Yeah, that that uh, that was during the Station to Station tour, which is actually a really good album. But he was all fucked out of his mind on coke then, and 
Oh, he, got, oh. he got he got real into fascism and shit because of a character he was writing for the tour production and just ran with it. He called himself the Thin White Duke during that period. <laughs> I've been all fucked up on coke a lot of times in my life. I never went that direction. Well, how do you know? You've never had David Bowie money to do cocaine with either. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. It's, Quality it's, over quantity, huh? Yeah, it's it's rumored that his diet during that time was I something like a half ounce of blow a day plus uh, eight glasses of milk and a bell pepper. Peppers are very filling. Yeah, I, I'm after serious. Ziggy, but, right? Huh? That was after Ziggy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was after Ziggy. Um, he started getting interested in that shit around, uh, right after Aladdin Sane when he did Diamond Dogs because 1984 is a real big theme on that record. And, um, yeah, then after that, he did Young Americans, and then he started moving into the Thin White Duke, and then he hooked up with Brian Eno and did all that craft work She type was a shit. young American. Which is funny because he was singing songs about blue jeans. <laughs> the yeah. jean, 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 eh? jean, jean, eh? What do you think, Greg? What, uh, we already know you like Mata Hoople better, but. Oh, yeah, man. Well, I mean, I, I agree. Ziggy Stardust is like the quintessential glam album. It definitely defined that period. But, you know, they. And it is beautifully written and arranged. Mick, did, Mick and David did an awesome job on it. But, you know, they were just kind of fucking around. They didn't put any thought into the track listing. The story wasn't even written until they started doing the tour and see what would work and what wouldn't work on stage. That's genius in itself, though. And, but... I, That's yeah, kind of how I, the show I, started. I, 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 get, I get that. That's but how this this I'm, show got started, right? What I'm saying is they pulled it together and they made a piece of gold with it. But what it doesn't have is an ounce of the attitude and the drive that the Mata Hoople album has. I mean, they toured in the fucking dredges and just could not find success touring the world. People would turn up, turn up to their shows in the hundreds of the thousands, depending on us, they would almost always be sold out, but they couldn't sell fucking records. And this was fucking it, man. And they knew it was it. And people were stopping in the studio and Bowie and Mick Ronson were helping them arrange the songs. You had all five members still firing on all cylinders like in the early days. Mick, Mick Rouse and Ian Hunter weren't pissed off at each other yet. And they were still collaborating real well. You know, it's just like the perfect storm of everything. And it's a really good, strong album. Right album at the right time. Yep. That's that's all it takes. So what's your score? Uh, I'd give Ziggy Stardust a nine and all the young dudes a nine and a half. Oh, I see. Yeah. I mean, they're they're really, really even. It's just uh, the added, the Mata Hoople is more rock and roll. And that's really what it comes down to. 
and yeah. uh, it has that essential raucousness to it that you know, like Chuck Berry used to sing about, essentially, or Jerry Lee Lewis. Even it's got a whole lot of shaking going on. Man. <laughs> I can respect that opinion, but when you say it's it's more rock and roll, when I, what I hear is it's simpler. It's not as technical as Ziggy Stardust. That's mm-hmm. not what I mean at all. And the thing is, it isn't because Bronson helped write a lot of the arrangements for it. They have a lot of shit in common that way. The mod material just has more power behind it because of how it's played, and that's really what I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, looks like Bowie won. Sorry, Greg. Not by much. This will be my last show. Just so everybody knows. <laughs> he did say that. If, if we uh, did I told you, uh... you were warned. <laughs> he's not leaving, is he leaving? No, he's not going to leave. I'm taking my fucking blocks, man. i got to find him first. It's going to take a while. But... <laughs> it's under that 100 fucking kilos of weed you got sitting in the corner. That's <laughs> what so I said. It's going to take a while. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna watch the Terminator and Repo Man a couple hundred times. <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> hold yeah. on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. What do you got? Oh shit. Oh, no. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, we slowed the show down. Uh, 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 dead air. I love dead air. Oh. All right, that failed. Fuck. I did uh I did want to say though, Wayne, you you actually brought up a good point. As much as I love Mata Hoople, mm-hmm. um Verdon Allen, who was a very good organist, wasn't exactly the best songwriter. And uh, even though I do love Soft Ground and I think they made it great in the studio, they yeah. shouldn't have let him sing on it. That was a mistake. I think yeah. that song would be a lot more powerful with Ian singing. Yeah, that, that, I, that, yeah that that's you said one that, of the reasons it doesn't get a 10. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot, yeah, the vocals did sound different on that one. That's probably why I didn't really care for it too much. He he didn't have a lot of power behind his voice, man. The other guys all used to sing his songs, but um, I think with the way everything was changing, he kind of knew he was on his way out, so... Yeah. Really wanted to sing on this one. Just had to get that last, uh, that last one in there. Yeah. Sounds like a bunch of fucking British crybabies to me. Well, actually, what's funny about that is Ian Hunter was very much what gave them their attitude because they were essentially a bunch of college boys from up north, and uh, when they put them together with Ian, they had been called the Shakedown Sound or something. And they were writing a bunch of like uh, lovey-dovey type teenager songs. And Ian was about 30 and a factory worker. He's like, oh, fuck no. You guys got to listen to some of this. <laughs> and well, then as, as the years progressed, you know, Nikki Six said, oh, fuck no. We're not going to do Raspberry's covers as a career. You got to listen to some of Ian Hunter's shit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I don't know about you guys, but my baby wants to... Oh, I fucked that up. <laughs> Never mind. It was the, the lyric in that song. My baby's got two hands. My baby's got 
two feet. My baby's got a forehead and all. My baby called me when she want to sail. That's right. That's what I meant to say. Damn it. Because she knows right in her heart. I'd never fail. You guys aren't on my fucking level. sucker. Here, let me me have about 14 more of these, and maybe I can come down to you guys' intelligence level. What's that, number two? On the show, this is like number yeah. six. I mean, on the show. Yeah, six. Yeah. That's it. See you guys next week. When we will be doing album versus album. We don't give it away. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye, y'all. Oh boy. Now Ziggy played guitar. Jamming good with wet and gilly And the spiders from Mars He played it left hand But made it too far Became the special man Then we were Ziggy's band Ziggy really sang Screwed up eyes and screwed down hairdo Like some cat from Japan he could lick on by smiling, he could leave them to hang. They came on so loaded, man, well hung the snow white tan. Good play, good time.